should really go outside more often. Hey guys, just uh, recording from outside actually for once, not uh, in front of a computer or a TV or something. The graphics out here are a lot better, but um, you know, needs a better cooling system. Uh, it's actually really nice where I live. We had a heat wave, as I kind of mentioned, and it kind of broke. So now it's like a really nice, cool, but yet summery day. So I'm just chilling out. It's a really nice uh, ravine, foresty park area near my house. And not that I'm much of a bird-watching type of person. It's uh, really cool to see all the different kinds of birds that are here. We had, um, I'm in Toronto, so our baseball team is called the Blue Jays, and that's like our signature bird, and there's a bunch of them. There's like cardinals which are super red it's a bunch of it's very cool i don't know maybe there's some sort of bird event not like a bird gathering congregation maybe like in their life cycle there's a <coughs> excuse me like some sort of reason that they're nesting there anywho uh haven't seen ant-man and the wasp yet i think uh, as soon as i do that it'll be its own little episode um i guess today I just wanted to get into some general stuff um Again, yeah, if you're playing Fortnite, the new season started a couple days ago, so that's uh, kind of great. What I noticed a lot of is the sort of sparkle of these new areas, the luster of them has kind of left, and people have kind of defaulted back into their old sort of gaming patterns. But the one thing for me, I used to always, like, by default go to Tilted, and especially land, like, the south end of it near the pawn shop or the clock tower, and... Uh, I find that the the vehicles, the carts, are so much fun that my new default stuff is that track house. And so, like, the same way that, you know, you do something a hundred times, you get really good at it. <clears throat> when you drop there a hundred times, you find it, like, you start being, like, the fastest person to hit the ground and stuff. So it's great. In any given match, you get a cart. But I've noticed uh, some teammates have just no interest in that. <laughs> and then if nobody's cooperating with you, it's kind of pointless. I found that there's sort of a few ways that you can incorporate it. Uh, one that I really like is you treat it like an ambulance, so you have one person just mule, like, one gun, and then the rest, like, potions, bandies, health packs, chugs, whatever, and then they just transport people to and from the front lines, so if people are in a firefight and they're, like, taking a few hits and they're down to, like, 30 or below for health, you pick them up, you take them behind the lines, you give them some health, you, you know, you facilitate facilitate that kind of first aid frontline service also you give them ammo materials and stuff it really helps if it's like a like a really long spanning and protracted squad game like in 50v50 it doesn't really happen and in uh, duos obviously it's that's impractical but you can also use it as a my personal favorite is sort of an assault convoy very similar to like a, a Mad Max style approach where you take the track early, and hopefully it's it's got a, a lot of carts in there for you. And then the four of you each get your own cart, and then you just prowl around like that. You can either do like a tailgating Michael Bay black Cadillac SUV style, where it's just a straight line cruising down the highway. Or you can uh, go for that sort of, as I said, Mad Max vehicular fury of just driving all over the place. And, it's great. A lot of people, uh, what I encounter a lot online is when we get a car, there's this want to, like, okay, let's all get in one car. And I like that sometimes. It's cool. It makes me kind of feel like I'm playing Halo. But one car, as I explained to people, is one target. And in a game where the car is weak, you are very exposed, and there's no boosts or shields or automated defenses. Being one 
kind of slow moving car in an open field is a death sentence. So yes, you have three people who could provide cover fire, but more importantly, if you had two or three people in their own cars, you have to split the fire and then it's a lot easier to survive encounters and get out of there. Vehicles shouldn't be used for combat in a, in a forward way because that's just senseless because they're so weak and if, if an enemy sees you coming, they can take a beat on your inside the car and you're done. But if an enemy's uh, retreating or they don't know you're there, then it's great to close the gap on them. Uh, I have made a couple memorable kills um, sneaking up to people and like uh, bumping them off a cliff, like ramming into them and sending them flying. That's always fun. Um, you can use the the vehicle, I guess, is a lot of different ways, but it depends. Some people, like myself, I really enjoy it. I think it adds a dimension to Fortnite that I was really missing because that's what I love the most about Halo Three. That's what I like uh, in a lot of like Battlefield games, and vehicles really add something. I can't wait to see them add more. I, I uh, personally, I can't wait for uh, air vehicles because you know it's going to happen like a helicopter, some sort of drone or glider plane, because they already let you get up to the sky, and these new, uh... Well, the cars give you vehicles, so there's automatically vehicles in the game. I know the shopping car, that doesn't really count. And then these new, like, tears, these uh, fabric of space-time pockets that you can jump into, essentially give you a ticket up to the roof of the thing, and you can glide down. And it's a different gliding, because you don't have to pull your chute at the same uh, elevation level. The game's ripe for it. It's going to have uh, air vehicles soon. I've been playing with a lot of uh, Americans because I wind up squatting up with people. And uh, I like to wear a mic. I think uh, for Fortnite, it's not about the conversation per se. It's just, it's a game where the more, the more clear, concise, and frequent your communication with each other is, the better you do. Just black and white. It's a metric. Like if you have a team where everybody has a microphone, you're only going to speak the same language and cooperate, you will place for second, third place. Anything less than that, you really take the chances. So I remember playing with, um, for the past, I don't know, couple weeks, especially since the new season, every time I play, the only people that are there that speak English are Americans. So it's always cool. I'm Canadian, if I haven't mentioned it, and obviously Toronto. So, um... You know, my, uh, I used to spend the summers in the States and Florida and stuff. And so, like, I'm no stranger to America. I'm actually a huge fan. If anybody knows me personally, they know I love uh, the United States. Just because everyone thinks it's because I also love Captain America. The two are not necessarily uh, exclusive of each other. I like uh, America as this world figure since, I don't know, since its founding as this sort of, like, independent, badass country that exists because some country has to exist in that role. Like, um, I'm going a little off topic here. I understand that. I just like to explain uh, I was having this conversation with a coworker, and so I feel like I need to make it more concise. So America occupies a space on the world stage that somebody has to occupy. There has to be a sort of boss on the world playing field. There's got to be somebody that people, maybe boss is the wrong one. This would be somebody that, a country that people look up to for guidance. And America is a lot of things, but at the end of the day, I think it is the best we could do for someone sitting up there. I'm Canadian, arguably, like nowadays, we would do a much better shot. And that's the thing, I don't really, I think it's very hard to see a lot of American politics for the past uh, however many years, especially recently now, because it, it, it really makes you kind of disenfranchised and it makes this 
American political scene and, and sometimes people at large see portrays them in a negative light. And that's just not really how it is for me because the America that I, like, I'm such a fan of, of 1920s to 1950s United States and, and just, that's not such a far away time. There's still people alive from there. But America's been a lot of things in a lot of different times and it's got a bit of a sullied reputation right now because it's being led by someone who's got a few flaws, to say the least. I'm really going to get into it right now. But America is so much more than just what it is at this time in this place. It's something that's been around an extremely long time and has been an institution since the world has become the world that we know it is today. And I think if you didn't have America uh, at the helm, you had uh, you'd either have... Uh, poor imitation of what we have now, or you would have something considerably worse, depending on who got their hands on that position. But I'm a fan. I think Captain America, when I first started being kind of an avid reader of his stuff, was when I, all I would read was the comics of him in World War II, because I just thought that was such a more compelling and interesting story, and seeing uh, superheroes in a real history setting was always something that like really enamored really enamored with that's when I had gone to university and I sort of published a book on superhero history it was called superheroes in the cold war and it was the same sort of there were a lot of things I'll talk about it later I'll go into another time a lot of things that I covered but it was very much inspired by that same situation of, of theoretical kind of revisionist history of imagining that there's superheroes that are part of it part of real historical events but Captain America fighting Nazis and fighting general, genuine, quantifiable evil was something that was always really intriguing about that. So I was always uh, a fan of his. And I thought it was always kind of like a really quality material as well. He had stories that were never really unrealistic and they were fantastical and that they were like wartime escapist stories, but they weren't like him battling Galactus or something the Fantastic Four would be handling. It was, a, it was just real substantial, uplifting war stories. And a lot of them, I think it was called Red, White, and Blue is the one on the shelf where it's a, a story about him um, helping in three different conflicts or three different theaters of war. I think one was World War II, one was uh, probably the Cold War or maybe Vietnam. And the third was Iraq or Afghanistan, and uh, probably Iraq, considering, but maybe not. And it was just uh, very realistic. It was him dealing with um, soldiers who had lost their limbs, and someone had survived, like, an IED. And it was still uh, trying to have him exist in the same... public heroic sensibility, but in, in a modern war context, and I thought it was cool. It shows that he's very enduring as a character, and people always keep Captain America guff for being kind of, uh, I don't know, two-dimensional and the sort of Boy Scout Superman uh, cliche, but uh, I mean, I think it's fantastic. I think it's much in the same way the country embodies the, the need to have a lighting figurehead, a Statue of Liberty, if you will, to the world. I think Captain America gives that same um, inspiring light and leadership to the Marvel world. So I'm actually wearing his T-shirt right now. Um, I 
think like three or four of my t-shirts happen to be Captain America t-shirts, but well, that's probably it for today. Uh, I'm going to find some cooler places to sit down and do some stuff. So thanks for listening, guys. See you later.